So our special guest today is Megan Stockton. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure. You're very welcome. So just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in writing. Well, I've I've been writing, honestly, as long as I can remember. Uh, of course, I you know wasn't very good at it. I was pretty young when I, I started kind of putting stories together and stuff. Um, but started getting a little more serious about it in the last five or six years, trying to put myself out there a little bit more. Uh, mostly write horror, um, but a little bit of... Uh, adjacent works like thriller and, and stuff like that as well yeah so what's drawn you to the horror genre specifically oh, i've always loved horror movies and and stuff like that i kind of like being scared you know um always always been a little drawn to the macabre uh stuff like yeah. that but i grew up on horror movies my sister and i'd watch every horror movie we could get our hands on at like the rental place so uh, that's always been a big part of my life, even outside of writing. Yeah. So what was the first horror story that you wrote, Megan? Oh, the first one I wrote. Um, I wrote one when I was in like elementary school. I was probably like 10. Um, and I was inspired by Edgar Allan Poe, as I'm sure tons of people who like to write horror were. Um, and it was about, uh, uh, it was the Have You Read the Black Cat by Poe? No, I haven't. Uh, so it's very similar to that. So yeah, that was that's that been a long, long time ago. I actually probably still have that because my mom like keeps all of my handwritten stories and stuff in boxes. So it's yeah. probably hanging around somewhere. Any thoughts to actually bring it to life and give it out? That would be kind of an interesting thing to do, honestly. Um, I probably could drag up some of that old stuff and kind of kind of fluff it up and and you know give it a lot of work but use the same stories um yeah. my debut novel ethic it's more of a like dystopian type novel um but I had originally written it when I was I started it when I was in high school and then finished it in college and I took it and kind of did that I kind of gave it a little bit of a makeover you know yeah. um before I published it and of course now I have pulled it again and I'm going to try to clean it up even more now that I've learned a little bit you know after publishing and and working with an editor and stuff like that yeah I think we all learn don't we from the first pieces that we write to the last oh, piece yeah. you can oh, yeah. definitely see a difference can't you <laughs> learn something with every single release I'm telling you every single one of them so where do your ideas normally come from everywhere literally like sometimes it's like little bitty things um that you wouldn't think of you know you see somebody in the store and they have like a little quirk or mannerism and that like brings about a character you know or um and I'm, I'm inspired of course by other media movies and other books and video games and music even and stuff like that and then sometimes they're just kind of in the wild you know the ideas just kind of come to you and it doesn't seem like there's anything that brought it about um yeah. but i try to let myself be open to pulling ideas from anywhere you know any kind of even just the sensation of you know you're out and your imagination gets a little wild if you're scared of something and you're like oh this could be this and you just kind of let it go yeah so do you have a specific writing a writing routine that helps you to get into the horror mindset or do you just go for it I just have to go for it. My life is like super, super busy. Um, I work a full-time like day job 
And then um, I have two kids that I'm, I'm homeschooling and we live on a farm. And so it's everything's just like super hectic all the time. So I just squeeze riding in when I can. If I have a day where it's just me, I like to like get a snack and be able to kind of settle down and listen to some good music and, you know, just write like that. But otherwise, it's just kind of anytime I've got a free 10 or 15 minutes, you know, I just kind of sit down and write down what I can or if I can just put notes down on my phone or something about a scene I thought of or something like that, I do it then. So it's really chaotic for me. Yeah. So are you a plotter or a pantser? Oh, pantser. I, I don't know what I would do if I tried to plot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, cannot, I can't plan like my outfit for the day, let alone like a, uh, you know, a whole story. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't plan an outfit, PJs it is. It's just how it goes. (laughs) So how do you decide on creating a dark setting and atmosphere for your stories? Um, I guess I've kind of pulled from like what a lot of times it's what scares me, but not always. Like I really like to, uh, I guess it really, I guess it is atmosphere. I was wanting to say it's more of like a sensation or the way that things make you feel. But I guess, you know, that'd be your atmosphere, your atmospheric quality. Um, that's big for me, even in a story that isn't supposed to be like spooky or creepy or, or, you know, has a sense of dread or whatever. I feel like the way that a story makes you feel is really important anyway. Um, so I just try to put myself in those situations. Like I know those characters, not necessarily like I am those characters. Um, but like, I know those people and how they must feel because I'm very empathetic. Um, so that's pretty much just inserting myself into those situations or inserting people like these characters that I know into those situations and how that I feel like it would feel um, to be there. But mostly I try not to overdo, especially when I'm working on something that is atmospheric, I try not to over show you something, you know, to show you too much basically. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times you're going to scare yourself more than I could scare you. So just kind of set up the scene I'm not telling you enough. So you start thinking about what might be there or what could happen. And a lot of times you do a better job of that than I ever could. Yeah. So how do you decide like on characters? How do you develop them? Um, Some of those, um, like I said before, some of those come from like little bitty things. Like I'll, I'll notice something that somebody does like the way they talk or, a little quirk that they have, or even like a physical attribute. And sometimes a character is born from just those tiny things. And I may not ever tell the reader about that, but in my head, I know that that character has that quirk or or attribute. Um, And then I I rarely, I rarely pick a character to like fill a role. Um, But occasionally I will, but a lot of times they kind of do their own thing. I feel like I don't have much control over them at all. They kind of do what they want to do. So they kind of develop their own lives once I've kind of, you know, released them into that story. Yeah. It's really uh, interesting way of doing things. Yeah, it's probably not the best way (laughs) to do it. Uh, (laughs) Probably not the most effective way, but I just kind of, I kind of let things develop on their own a lot of times. And it's, I guess it's a slower way to do it, but it feels more natural to me. I just, like I said, I'm not much of a planner or I'm not very organized. So that that's kind of like what works for me. Yeah, I, 
there's lots of different ways of doing uh character development isn't there um, oh yeah i know i know a lot of people write them down and plot out every little thing about them what they're wearing what they look like and then yeah. obviously there's your way of like doing it as as it comes to you yeah and even with um something i had noticed the other day i was i forget what book i was reading but um we were talking about like there was i forget what it was i wish i could remember what it was but it was gonna there was an adaptation a movie adaptation coming out and a friend and i were talking about like what we thought the character looked like and um i hadn't a lot of times when i'm writing a character in my head i have what that character looks like but i don't always tell you what they look like sometimes i do um but sometimes i'll leave it really ambiguous so that the reader can identify with that character however they want to um so a lot of times like i will you know leave or you know i'll completely ignore what race that character may have been or you know if they're tall or short or whatever um so that the reader has a little bit of control over how they they see and view that character so I'm giving you all yeah. of the personality traits, but sometimes, sometimes I just leave it up to the reader as to, I'm not going to tell you what this character really looks like unless it's important to, you know, the story or, yeah, you know, whatever. So uh, what the character acts like and their personality and stuff's a lot more important to me, even though I may have an idea in my head what that character looks like. Yeah. It's a very unique way of doing it. It sounds, uh, sounds brilliant to be fair. And there's some of them that I'll describe, but overall, I usually just kind of leave it, leave it, leave it a little bit open. Okay, so what's the most difficult story or scene that you've ever had to write and why was it challenging? Um, gosh, I've never written anything that, um, like bothers me on, like, as far as like a triggering level, um, Cause I usually, even with like my extreme stuff, I don't set out to trigger a person necessarily. So I'm not looking for that thing that like really bothers me. Like, um, like there may be some child death and the stuff that I write, but I'm never going to have like a graphic scene of like torture on a baby or something like that. Like it's just, cause that bothers me like as a parent. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't write that, but I mean, you know, I do occasionally have a child death that bothers me a lot. So there was a, a book that I'm actually writing right now, and there was the, a death of a child that's important to the plot. And uh, writing the mother's grief was really hard for me. Yeah, it. it I could imagine it would be. Um, I'm, mom, I'm a mom myself, and I don't think I'd be able to do that. Yeah, it was it was difficult for me, and I didn't. Um, the death was not described or anything, but um, it's a ghost story, so like the the death of the child was important to the plot. Um, but yeah, it, it, that one kind of bothered me a little bit. And that's probably honestly the only thing I've ever written that I was just like, you know, this is kind of, you know, this is difficult for me because otherwise I'm not usually setting out to do that. So. So tell us about your books. Um, so my, my debut is currently out of print because I've pulled it to kind of give it a makeover, uh, needed a new cover and stuff. Um, but it's a dystopian type horror slash thriller um, set in a future where homelessness is an illegal status. Um, And then I've got Quite Pretty Things, which is more of like a crime thriller, um, serial killer detective, cat and mouse kind of thing with alternating points of view. Mm -hmm. And then I've got Blue Jay, which is my uh, extreme horror novella. Um, It's kind of a little torture porn type 
top novella. It's a lot of fun, but it's still character driven. And then I've got, and nobody knows it, but me, which is, um, a slow burn it does have werewolves in it, but it's more of an emotionally driven horror novel, very quiet horror. And then I've got uh, two, well, three books coming out next year for sure. Hopefully more than that. So, yeah, sounds good. So what are the exciting projects that you've got work that you're currently working on and that's coming out? Um, I have a, um, I have a novella that's coming out in the first quarter of next year. I'm not sure which month yet, but it'll be in the first quarter. And it's titled uh, Lovely, Dark and Deep. And it's set on an island uh, during a storm where the island has been evacuated other than a couple of people. And there are basically oceanic vampires, sirens that descend on the island. So it's kind of like 30 days of night if it were on an island and the vampires were sirens. So... Um, that one's coming out in the first quarter. And then um, my ghost story slash haunted house is titled Gumdrop, and it'll be coming out a little bit later. And then I have a, no- a novel with DNT coming out in the summer called Impulse, which is an ext- another extreme horror novella. Fantastic. Uh, are there any exciting projects that you're currently working on? Sorry, you've already answered that one. I do apologize. Okay. <laughs> it's me. Don't worry. Oh, no, no. It's all so, good. I can tell you again. <laughs> so what advice have you got for aspiring writers who want to break free in the horror genre? Just write. And and write for you first. Um, I think a lot of times it's easy to get hung up on what's going to be popular or what's going to sell or you know, what people want you to write or how people want you to write. And I really, I really, really feel strongly about people sticking to what they love and writing for yourself first. Yeah. And not trying to fit into any kind of genre box or anything. So if you, I feel like if you're doing it for you first and you're writing with your own voice and the way that you feel passionate about it, your people will find you. Yeah, it's true though, isn't it? So, and it's all about, um, you you need people, don't you? Really supporting you and by your side. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you're if you're writing for you first, and you're, you know, you you feel strongly about what you're putting out there, and you believe in it, the people that come to read your stuff, they're going to be authentic. You know, it's going to be genuine relationships, and those people are going to read your stuff. You know, time and time again, instead of you know, if you're if you're constantly trying to cater to a certain group of people, or you're not writing true to yourself you know you're just going to struggle and you're not going to get those genuine relationships with your readers and and other authors yeah um okay so where can listeners find your books um all of my books are listed on my website meganstocktonbooks.com um i'm most active on facebook and you can find me under megan stockton author i post all my stuff there and if people want to be really on top of stuff, I do have a Patreon where I share works in progress and they get to read everything before everybody else. They get to see all of the cover art and everything. My artists and editors part of the group as well. And that's uh, Bad Luck Cat Club at Patreon. Fantastic. So you've got Patreon. Does that work for you? I just started it back in the summer. Um I had a friend who was very successful with his and 
I was I was a member of his as well. So I really liked it even as, as a reader, you know, I was like, this is really cool. And yeah. so I decided to give it a go. And I have people, you know, steadily trickling in, but I have like the group that first signed up when I put it up. They are amazing. They are like family to me at this point. Um, so I talk to all of them every day and it's been, it's been a great experience. I'm really glad that I did it and I hope they feel that. (laughs) Yeah. I've I've heard, I've heard a lot about Patreon, but I've never really looked at it myself. Um, I know it's, It's, it it used to be like, you know, like it's it's another thing you got to do, but I, I really like it. And, uh, yeah, it used to be mostly, I guess, like artwork or, or something, I guess. Um, it's but hard, it's, isn't it? When you're managing everything all at once, you've got your Facebook pages, your Instagram, Twitter. There's a new one come out called Threads. It's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a There's, yeah, there's always something. And with those new ones coming out, you know, I'm, I'm always getting on them to kind of check them out. But I, it's, it's like, what do you devote your time to? You know, like what's, what's worth devoting your time to? Because it's a, it's almost a full time job just managing social media. Yeah, there's just a lot to it that's fantastic well thank you for your time today megan it's been lovely speaking to you and having you on the show is there anything else you want to add no just thank you so much for having me it's been great talking to you